0: Amen. Well, we're going to get into the word of the Lord this morning. We're going to start uh, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. Continue on with what we started last week on, on, on the best course. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, it mentions that from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders, 200 leaders and their families, and they all understood. And They understood. They all understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. So here we have a group of people. The, 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 the entire chapter there in Chronicles is listing. It's, it's showing us who David's team, David's armies and, and the different tribes and, and what they contributed to, to David's army. But also then it talks about this particular tribe since so they were, they were uh, Filled with wisdom, and they understood the signs of the times, and they knew the best course for Israel to take. And I think we can learn from that today. Also knowing that, uh, obviously, we're living in this time today, but we also can understand the signs of the times today, and not only understand the times, but we can also know the best course for us to be taken. Taking. So let's turn again to uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter five. I want to read from those couple verses again, beginning at verse 15, Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Where we are told the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus is reminding them of the spirits, of the fullness of the spirit and to be filled with the spirit of the living God. And then in verse 15, it says, so be careful how you live don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Being careful means that you're doing life accurately and precisely. And that you are not living like a fool, but like those who are wise. And in being a wise person, you're making the most of every opportunity in these wonderful days that we're living in. Is that what your Bible says? Your Bible doesn't read like that? You must have the wrong translation. Let's make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. So the sons of Issachar understood the signs of the times, and they knew the best course for Israel to take. We also, with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, can do life accurately and precisely carefully, making the most of every opportunity, knowing what the Lord wants us to do, understanding what the Lord wants us to do. Understanding. And so it's a moment by moment opportunity. It's a day by day. It's a year by year opportunity, but knowing, coming to a place where we are knowing Lord what decision would you have me to make here? There's multiple choices here, and I need to know what is the mind of Christ? What is the best course for, for my life? What is the course that you would have me to take today? And, 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 and believing that the Holy Spirit within us is leading us, guiding us, and prompting, and directing, ordering our steps. Directing and ordering our steps. So let's continue to, uh, to, to trust the Lord in this believing God, that we are living in such a time as this. We're not living back with the sons of Issachar. We're not living in the future. We are living right here, today, right now. <clears throat> in uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 from the New King James translation, it says, He has made from one blood. Every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. So, knowing as the sons of Issachar, they understood the signs of the times they were living in and they understood the best course to take. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, tells them to be, uh, uh, <clears throat> to not be. To not be acting thoughtlessly, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And also knowing that uh, they are to make the most out of every opportunity in these times that they're living in. referred to them as evil days. So here in Acts, it's implying here from this verse that, that we are here for such a time as this. This is while we're living and this is where we live. Are you all in agreement with that? You all here? anybody not here? (laughs) So this is, this is why we are living. And this is where we are living. And God wants us to know what he would have us to do in this time and in this place. And that we are not to be thoughtless in our decision-making, but we are to make the most of every opportunity in this day and in this hour that we are living. In Matthew chapter 24 Jesus talked about the times when the disciples asked him in verse, in verse three, they came to Jesus and they said, what sign will signal your return to the end of the world? Now, the word end there doesn't mean a, uh, that, that it's over. It, it really means it's a, a, a transition, an end of a, of a dispensation. And so what sign, what sign will signal your return at the end of the world? Verse four, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. There's a lot of misleading going on in the times that we're living. And there's also, there's a lot of misleading going on in the times of Visigoth. It's a lot of, just throughout the word of God, there's always been an opportunity to be misled if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. He will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of war, but don't panic. Everyone said, don't panic. So this is the time that you're living, and this is the place that you're living, and so you can look around and it give you plenty of opportunity to panic, but Jesus is saying, don't panic. Always remember this. Preparation for this hour and for, and for this place is scriptural. Panic is not. Preparation is biblical. Panic is not. So always wise to be prepared, is always wise to be informed, and it's always wise to be like the sons of Issachar to understand the signs of the times that you are living in, and, and to know the best course for Israel to take. You can also know the best course for you to take, and we collectively can know the best course for the church of Jesus Christ to take, the church being here representing the Father's love to a lost and dying world. So he said, uh, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. Now, the word nation there from the Greek language, which we also get our word ethnic or ethnicity from. So you can put it in there, different ethnic groups will go, ethnic group will go to war against other ethnicities, so it can be within our own, within our own boundaries, and obviously we see that taking place as well. And so nation will go to to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, there'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains, there's more to come. Sonny, I'm going to leave it there at that, but I want you to understand that Jesus is is, uh, making it clear in the Word of God that we are in the time that we are in and that we are to make the most of every opportunity in this hour and in this place that we are living in. And so it's of no value to wish I would have lived back when Jesus was on the earth There's no no advantage to thinking, uh, or there's no gain to thinking. I wish I would have been a part of the early church. Many exciting things were happening. Well, you're only reading part of the story. Many exciting things were happening, but there's many cruel things were happening. Severe persecution against the church in the early days of the church under, under Roman rule. You think our... Government is anti-church. You haven't experienced anything until you lived under Roman rule. But anyway, uh, so we are living where we, at this hour, and we are living in this place. Just uh, take, a, take a moment. Let's take a moment or two here, and let's consider Daniel, a young man, exiled into Babylonian captivity. He remained true to God under severe circumstances, under Nebuchadnezzar's rule, anti-God to the Mac. Daniel remained true to his God in the most intense evil persecution that could come against anyone. And But uh, he remained true to God. And he ended up being exalted into a, and, and becoming a voice for God in that particular nation that he was in for such a time as he was born into, and that time that he was, and, and, and for the time that he was living and in the, in the place where he was living, he remained true to his God, even though he was exiled. Severe persecution coming against him. Joseph Another story in the Bible, you find it in in Genesis, that the life of Joseph, also a young man that had a big vision and a a big dream and and, uh, ended up being sold as a slave into Egyptian captivity. While in Egyptian captivity, he continued to stay true to God. In that time that he was living, in the place where he found himself living, he remained true to God. He remained faithful to God. He was, he was uh, uh, mistreated. He was lied about. He was thrown in prison, but because he stayed faithful to God in the time that he was living and in the place that he was living, eventually he was exalted from prison to prime minister. God is faithful to those that remain faithful to him. God will be faithful to you. Daniel remained faithful in Babylon. Joseph remained faithful in Egypt. And the early church, the early church was asked to serve God faithfully under the Roman emperor. And so I just want you to know that i would share that with you quickly. There's much more detail we could go into, but uh, you, you're probably somewhat familiar with Daniel's story and, and with the story of Joseph, and not, I encourage you to go ahead and read that and become familiar with it. But the underlying point that I want you to understand and take away here today is that they remained faithful to God and they didn't use the time with the time frame, the window with it that they were living, nor did they use the place that they were living as an excuse to not living up to the expectations of being faithful to God, being filled with wisdom, understanding the times in which they were living and knowing the best course to take for their lives. Consider the words of uh, Jeremiah found in, in, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. Many people are familiar with uh, verse 11 of chapter 29. It's that, the, the promise where he said, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans are for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And that's a great promise. And many people hang on to that. Many people say, that's my favorite Bible verse. I know the plans I have for you, plans for a a future and and that it's going to be good. But I want you to recognize the context in which this particular promise was given. And I want you to think about now the time that you're living in today and the place that you are living in today. And consider these words, because this is Jeremiah's. This is uh, the words of Jeremiah to the Jewish exiles in Babylon. This is a people that was Displaced taken into exile, they're in Babylon, and here's the word of the prophet coming to them, beginning at verse 4, this is what the Lord of, of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives, he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Here's what you're supposed to do. You're to build homes and plan to stay. What? God would have you stay in an ungodly environment? God would have you to stay and to serve him under an ungodly government? God would have you to stay in such a hostile environment? Surely God wants to get you into a Christian communal somewhere, doesn't he? Build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens and eat the food they produce, Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into, into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. When we pray for the place that God has placed us, which in our circumstances, Berks County, Pennsylvania, in the United States of America. You can take a national, state, and local governments you think of along those lines. You are here in Berks County. What are you supposed to do? Gripe about our government in Berks County? Gripe about our state government? Gripe about our United States government? Are we supposed to be hostile against them? Are we supposed to be disobedient toward them? What are we supposed to do? Stay, build houses, get married, have kids, have grandkids, plant gardens, prosper in it. Pray that the place that God has placed you will prosper, because when it prospers, you prosper. When the world does well, you do well. Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm to the ability to do well in the midst of trying times. You don't have to participate in what's going on in the world. You can pray. Pray. And you can believe God. Amen? Amen. You can pray and believe God. And you can stay true to God as Daniel stayed true to God, as Joseph stayed true to God, as the first century Christians remained true to God under adverse Roman persecution. We also are to remain true to God. We are here today and we we are assigned to this season. Verse 8 says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to you. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I I have not sent them, says the Lord. And verse 10 says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. I want you to understand that because the next verse is what many people quote as their favorite verses. For I know the plans I have for you. But the verse prior to said, so you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. It is true. God's plan is to give you a future and a hope. And even now, before he comes to take us into our eternal home, we can put our trust and our confidence in him. But we're not there yet. We're not home yet. We are foreigners. We are pilgrims traveling through this lane and one day we will be home when we are in heaven the end game but while we are here we are to be faithful unto the Lord our God we are to work for the peace and prosperity of the city that's not always the easiest thing to do, to pray for the welfare and the peace and the prosperity of your city. You know, the closer it is to home, the more you know people and the more you see what's going on and, and the more things affect you. It, it, many times it's very easy to fall into the wrong mentality and the wrong habit of speaking down on those who are making decisions and being negative towards them, and being critical towards them. And we spend far more time being negative and critical and judgmental than we do in praying for the peace and for the prosperity of the city. Let's be praying for the peace and the prosperity of Berks County. This is where we live. I feel like Jeremiah. You know, he was a weeping prophet. I just, you know, turn around. And <laughs> Are you all excited that you live in Berks County? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Berks County. I grew up mostly in northern Lancaster County, Ephrata, Denver, Reinholds. My parents moved to the New Holland area when I was a, a, a teenager, but most of my life, in the growing up years, were in northern Lancaster County, just, just south of here. And, uh, but there was this mentality, there was this mindset that you don't go to Reading. You don't go to Berks County. We'd go to Lebanon. We'd go to we'd go different places. But, you know, the idea of going to Reading. you didn't go to writing shop. You, you, you just didn't go there. Reading was evil. It was a mafia run, and it was just a bad place to go. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> now, here I am. Here we are. And we are to work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I send you, sent you into. God has sent you where you are, your time, your season that you're here and the place where you are. So you're here today. You're assigned to this season and we are to make the most of every opportunity in these days. Make the most of every opportunity in these days. Pray. Work. Everyone say, work for peace and prosperity of the city where I send you into. God's plan is for you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. He, he wants the very, very best for you, and he wants you to prosper in that. There's another story in the Old Testament, in, in Genesis chapter 26, where Isaac, in the first, uh, Isaac was in a, in a position where he, it tells us in the first two verses of Genesis 26, it says a severe famine now struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar, where Ambimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. Because of the famine, he's moving on. Verse two says the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Stay where God has planted you. Be faithful to where God has planted you and God will prosper you and he will bless you. There was a severe famine in the land and Isaac was lifting up his eyes and looking around to where is a better place to live? Where could life be better? Where is a better opportunity for me to prosper? And things were looking good in Egypt. But Egypt is a typology of, of the world system. And so he was being tempted to look to the world system because of the famine that he was experiencing and the, and the one wanting to move and, and, and putting, lifting his eyes to a better place. But God spoke to him and said, stay where I put you. Don't go. Don't go to what you were thinking. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. I will show you the best course for you to take. Isaac heeded the words of the Lord, and in verse 12, it says, When Isaac planted his crops, when he stayed put, he planted his crops. We saw in Jeremiah, you're supposed to stay. You're supposed to build houses. You're supposed to plant. Anyone say, build and plant. You're supposed to stay, build, and plant, marry, have children, have them get married, have grandchildren, and prosper, pray for the well-being of where God has put you. Isaac planted his crops that year. He, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. That's a hundredfold return. That's pretty awesome a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. And you continue reading there, he became so wealthy that the Philistines envied him. God has placed you for such a time as this. You are to stay here under the Lord's direction where God has directed you. You are to stay, build, and plant sow into, work for the peace and for the prosperity of the community that God has you in. Just as Isaac planted and he, and, and, and he sowed in that land and he reaped a hundred times more grain, he became so prosperous, the Lord so exalted him that the world envied him. Rather than you as a Christian envying the world's prosperity, the right way is, is for us to have a living right with God and the world should be envious of our prosperity. And when we choose the best course and we, do, and we allow God to work his ways in and through us and we stay planted where he has placed us and we stay within the boundaries of where he has put us and we pray, we work and we pray for the peace and the prosperity of our community, this is what God wants to do in and through us. I encourage you to stay faithful in, in, in your relationship with God. Stay faithful in your, your relationship with God concerning your, your love walk. Be, be faithful in your relationship with God in your sowing and your reaping. And, and for us today, would be financially referred to it as tithing or, and, and giving, giving offerings. Sowing seed, Abraham sowed seed, and in the, excuse me, Isaac here sowed seed when it did not look like the ideal opportunity. But God said, "No, stay here, stay here, stay here. Forget about the famine, forget about the recession, forget about all the crazy things going on in the economy. Just forget about it. Stay faithful to me. Continue to do what I tell you to do." And Isaac did that, and God blessed him. I want you to know that God wants to show up and God wants to bless you. Yes, we are living in very tumultuous times. We are living in unfavorable times towards the church. We are not in any way, shape, or form to be downtrodden or to be complaining. We have nothing to gripe about in comparison to so many other nations. We are free to gather to worship and we are free to to do so many things and we need to be rejoicing and we need to be thankful and we need to be working for the peace and the prosperity of our country of our city, of our state, and of our nation, and we can't be talking out of two sides of our mouth. So continue to sow. There's many ways you can sow. You can pull it up on the screen there. You can show you how to sow here at Grace Church. You can text to give any amount. Try it out sometimes. You say, gee, I wonder if I could give 100 grand on text. Try it. <laughs> If it doesn't work, you know one or 75 grand works. Be adventurous. be courageous. Text to give. And if it just doesn't work and you're really bent on giving 100,000 dollars, give cash. It doesn't matter. You can give cash. You can text. You can get online to give with credit cards. There's so many ways to give, so many opportunities. There's no reason for you to say, well, gee, I just didn't have the opportunity. No, you have ample opportunity, but I want you to have your heart needs to be right, and, and please know that, that my heart is for you to be in the will of God for your life individually and collectively. We are doing what God has called us to do as a local church. God wants us to prosper just as Isaac prospered in in adverse circumstances. Uh, Daniel succeeded in adverse circumstances. Joseph went from prison to prime minister of Egypt, and he ended up providing for his family. That's what his original goal was. He had a a dream as a young boy. As the youngest of the boys, he, he, he saw his older brothers bowing down to him. Of course, he was all amped up about that, and he couldn't keep his mouth shut, and he's telling his brothers, I see you bowing down to me. And of course, they hated him even more for that. They, you know, but uh, I don't think they hated him because of his dream. I think they hated him because of his attitude about the dream. But nonetheless, they stayed faithful to God, and God exalted him and prospered. You stay faithful to God and he will certainly continue uh, to exalt you and to prosper you. So make the most of every opportunity in these days that we are living. What is the best course for me to take? The best course for you to take, and you can know this course, is to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Your primary guidance for God directing you comes from the word of God. This is your primary source for direction. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. In always His guidance will always be in alignment with the Word. You can receive guidance through other faithful men and women of the faith, but You, can, you want you to know that you, need to, you want to become a student of the Word and really become knowledgeable of the Scriptures and understand what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you through the Word of the Lord. For example, you know that you know that you know that God loves you. And you know that you know that you know that Jesus loved you and he forgave you even while you didn't deserve it. And you know that you know that you know that you're supposed to forgive even as he has forgiven you. You know that. So there's no reason to become spiritual when you're offended and say, Lord, should I forgive this person or not? I really need to hear from you. You heard from him. If you haven't heard from him before, you heard from him just now through the mouth of Pastor Ray. Yes, you're supposed to forgive just as I forgave you. So we play games with God many times. So many times we know exactly what to do. But we act like we don't know and we're praying. Oh, I need, to, I need to wait to hear from God. I need to wait to hear from God. I need to wait to hear from God. You heard from God. You, you, know, you know what to do. Do it. Just do it. Make the most of every opportunity in these days that you're living in. The entire focus of our New Testament commission To the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to go into all the world and to present the gospel. Go into all the world and to present the gospel, to love as he loved. The entire focus of the New Testament is transformed lives by the proclamation of Jesus, the good news of God's grace. That is our first and foremost priority that is our responsibility we are supposed to be thinking that we are we ought to be sleeping that and we need to we need to become as passionate about this as we ha- as we can get sidetracked and become passionate about cultural things or political things we need to we need to put those things aside put them in their proper place and focus on the real answer because uh, eth- ethnic group going against other ethnicities nations going against nations kingdoms against kingdoms, these types of things, the cultural conflicts that we're experiencing, uh, just the, the things that are going on in our government here, governments around the world, wars and rumors of wars will not be resolved with man's wisdom. It takes the wisdom of Almighty God. It takes the leading and the courage and the boldness of the Holy Spirit of God within us to rise up for us to remain in a posture of wisdom and in a posture of the love of God and not to get drawn into the conflicts, and we are not to be argumentative. We are not to be antagonistic. We are to be able to give everybody that that ask us the reason for our hope. We are to be in a posture where we can give them a, a, a loving kind, well-presented reason for the hope that is within us. We need to embrace, I want to encourage you to embrace the honor of being in God's plan for such a time as this, in such a place as this today. Will you accept that honor? Would you please stand and say, I accept that honor today. Let's make that commitment to the Lord. Let's let uh, I, I sense that you know my 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 heart is that we rededicate our lives to the Lord in a sense of getting our priorities straight. Let's get our priorities straight with God. And you know, if God is God, then let's let, let Him be God to us. Amen. And let Him let Him be God to us and through us, to God and through us. Nancy shared something with me the other day that I thought was really, really powerful. And she was uh, doing some devotional. However it was, that it, it came to her. I think she was reading a devotional and talking about how so many times we, uh, she was sharing it personally. But I, I'll share it with you, you know, collectively how we, we want to we persuade God how much we love him. And you know we're going to rededicate ourselves today and persuade him how much we love him. But let's just pause for a moment before we get into that mindset and let's remind ourselves how much he loves us. God loves you. And I think that'd probably be a good exercise for us to do on a daily basis. Remind ourselves, God, thank you. You love me. You love me instead of me trying to persuade him how much I love him. God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. He really does. God loves you, Nathan. He really does. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for revealing your love to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And so we're looking into your word, Father God, thinking of the sons of Issachar who understood the time, the season that they were living in. And in understanding that time and that season, they also knew the best course for Israel to take. And Father, that's our heart's desire today is first of all, just, Open the eyes of our understanding. Enlighten us new and fresh to your love for us. Keep reminding us, Father, we need to be reminded that you love us. We can get exhausted trying to prove to you that we love you, but thank you for reminding us that you love us. Even when we wear ourselves out trying to prove ourselves to you, you're probably just chuckling and saying, you know what, I love you. I love you before you even started this whole process. So, Father... In loving us, we want to appropriately receive your love freely, unconditionally. We receive it today in Jesus' name. And in that freedom, Father God, we want to love others every bit as free as what you loved us, unconditionally. No condemnation. No judgmentalism. But Father God, that we're loving, we're filled with love, we're filled with the wisdom of God, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you never have entered into uh, what we call a relationship with God and having uh, what we call being a born-again child of God by receiving his love, it's just a great opportunity right now for you to do so. Just open up your heart and just say, thank you, Father, For Jesus Christ, loving me and shedding his blood at Calvary's cross, I receive him as my Lord and my Savior this day. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. you prayed that for your very first time today, perhaps you're watching us online, you prayed that with us, we encourage you to to get on our website, uh, contact us, and let us know that you prayed that. We'd love to hear that good news. If you're here this morning, you prayed that for your first time, we congratulate you. We welcome you. As you're leaving here today, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see some people out here in the lobby that'll be more than happy just to catch up with you. And a station out there called Next Steps, just stop by there and share the good news with the people at the Next Steps station. Uh, If you're here for your very first time, you haven't uh, stopped by the next steps, please do so on the way out. Also, there's some coffee out there for you. And if you say, well, Pastor Ray, before I need some coffee, uh, I I need someone to pray with me. We welcome you just to come right up front here as we dismiss. And some prayer people will come up here and they'd be happy to pray with you concerning any issue that you may have, whether it be health or just whatever. They're, 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 they're prepared, they're equipped, they're anointed to pray with you and for you and believe God together with you. So thank you for being here today. You're here for such a time as this in a place such as this. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to stay. You're supposed to build. You're supposed to plant. You're supposed to get married. are supposed to have children and grandchildren and prosper. Pray for the peace and the prosperity of Berks County. Let's start with Berks County. Amen. Pray for the peace and prosperity of Grace Church, and that Grace Church has a bright future. God has great things in store for us here at Grace. Amen. God bless you abundantly. We love you, and uh, we will see you next Sunday morning, if not before. God bless.